Hey, this is Kieran here with Coach's Corner Chats Podcast. And in this episode, Corey Reinert shares his idea and implementation of a high school soccer program that goes beyond just grades 9 through 12. In this episode, you hear about how he's developing a community-based program. It's awesome. There's so many good nuggets in here. I think, no, I know you're going to love this one. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Kieran, Coach's Corner Chats, and today I'm excited. I've got Corey Reinard um, on with me today. Corey, give us a little background of what you're up to, where you've been, and uh, what have you. All right, so... uh... I've been coaching for about 20 years now, so in the last 10 years, I coached Hunter uh, High School soccer um, at the varsity level, uh, so that's been the last 10 years, and it's been going really good for us here, but also I coach with our, I started the Eagle Academy page um, or on our Facebook thing, and it started out as uh, young young eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, you know, up to like 14 Um Getting some extra training for them, so doing extra training for our community program. And then from there, it kind of fell off a little bit with, uh, you know, just getting busy and my own family and um, things like that. And so I turned it into more of like uh, just being me, kind of just getting my information out, like how I coach, kind of being transparent, you know, just in educating parents, you know, of our youth players of why we do the things we, you know, we do at the high school level. And what we need to see more of, you know, at the youth levels, um, and kind of talking about what our, uh, uh, like basically our philosophies at the high school and what we want to see, um, just to get things up at the high school level a little bit more. Um, so I do that. Then I also train um, other community programs. I do some training with them for the last couple of years. Uh, so just running into our team trainings with them. So kind of do a lot but um yeah it's exciting um so what what things do you do to uh share your visions and what have you with parents and what type of things do you utilize um so i'll do um so for the coaches or parents uh, on our facebook page was uh and i still do it was just session design you know like what our sessions look like maybe uh how to use a 3v1 rondo or 4v0 rondo um, maybe building out of the back, um, you know, a little bit more advanced, like for the older groups of like, uh, I like to do, you know, like a rotation and interchanges of players and what that might look like. Um, and then, you know, attacking patterns, you know, what attacking patterns we do. So I put a lot of, um, just, uh, sessions out there. And then I, I, my own thoughts about, um, kind of the player first it doesn't need to be all win at all costs or you know and you know let's develop the players and uh leave leave the winning to the 14 and up you know <laughs> like let's i understand that it, it builds a, a winning mentality for these kids but you know that's more for the parents than it is for the kids so i, I talk a lot about that in there um sometimes i go a little you know, pointing fingers, not at individual people, but <laughs> I kind of know who they are. Uh, so I, I do a little bit of that just because, you know, as high school coaches, we take a lot of flack. And so we see the end of it. So there's got to, someone's got to do it from the beginning. And if we're going to get pointed at the, the end, then we got to kind of say, 
well then you don't want you know you want to see more at the end and we got to do this more stuff down at the beginning right on i was just going to say how how open are people to um suggestions of like um like style of play or like session planning what have they accepted that stuff um, I don't get a whole lot. I mean, like I know people read it and stuff. Um, I'll get the ones who are soccer people who grew up playing soccer or people, I, you know, who are now parents who I've coached at some point or, you know, coming through wanting to coach and stuff who do make comments here and there. Um, but I think people are, are seeing what we're looking for and that's all I want. You don't have to like what I, what I said, or you don't have to like the comments. You don't have to uh, comment back, but just read, you know, take a moment and, and read. So, Again, because I'm being transparent to say, this is why we are doing this stuff yeah. at the brand. So as the kids are coming through, I just want them to realize, you know, when you see us doing a certain drill or a certain playing style, you're going to, you should be able to see this on the field. And don't tell my central defensive mid to push uh, all the way up to the, the our opponent's 18 yard box, because it's not going to work. We need him to hold back and, and be an anchor, <laughs> you know, okay. you know okay. so it's kind of those things. So understanding the roles and responsibilities. Right. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that, that I'm hearing is you've used the word community a few times. Mm -hmm. So um, what, what kind of was, was the, the reason for going beyond, like, I'm not just going to focus on my nine through 12 program players. And you now are starting to sounds like trying to build kind of a brand or an identity within the entire community. Right, so I, I came to the town I grew up in, went to school in, played in. Um, so from the youth levels all the way up. So this is, you know, it's my town. So I know when we talk about culture, like this is my culture. This is my, you know, where I put all my, my thoughts in. Like I very rarely, you know, unless we're doing a fundraiser, try to charge our kids, you know, or our families because I want to build this up. Um, I started out so... So 20 years ago, yeah, I started out as our seventh and eighth grade coach. Um, so we started out in, in the school. And so I was able to help build, build in there. And so I did that for about 10 years. Um, so and then that, that I became the high school coach. So I actually got to see some of those players play. And then I actually got to coach some of those players again. So that was my whole purpose is so then um, because I was down there, I've done it you know, there and saw what that can do, yeah. um, you know, having a great foundation. So then I was, you know, doing the high school coaching and still trying to run this, you know, certain things, camps and stuff. And then we started the Eagle Academy, but um, the whole, uh, it changed for us the last couple of years is because we're not seeing those same type of players come in. Um, uh, we started out with probably, I would say when I first started coaching high school, even when I was at the seventh and eighth grade, we had, I would say at least 13, 14 kids every single year playing club mm -hmm. and then drop off. Maybe we only had like seven or eight for like maybe a year or two, but then it, it bumped back up. All those, these last two years after we had a really good group of core kids graduate who all played club these last two years, um, the, Club kids have dropped off. The kids who are playing indoor all year round, you know, even with us, you know, very active has dropped off. And this is just on the boys' side. The girls' side was even harder and worse. You know, we're getting around 40, about 40 kids come out every single year. And that actually, I would say about 10 of them 
drop off by time we start the season on their own. I've never had to cut a kid. Um, they just do that on their own. On the girls' side, they're getting maybe 29, 30 kids. And, and again, obviously the quality is not always there. So we're trying to really build both the boys' girls' side. For the first time in my life, I'm coaching to be um, – so I've always been, you know, give, 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 give. I'm actually coaching to – for personal reasons now. My daughters are seven and five, and they're coming through – and, you know, so now I want to really make sure they have something to, you know, any, a good day. I want this to go away. Any ideas as to why maybe there's a drop in, um, like, why players are saying, I don't want to do the club thing, or maybe I need a break in the winter or what have you? Right. Um, you know, we've been trying to figure that out for, for years, uh, like, and why it's definitely going on. A lot of it, I think, is so, like, with our community, I would say more so, you know, so I know that is our rec league is, or our grassroots league is more fun for all. Our travel community club is more on the opposite end of the spectrum, which is win at all cost. So within there, there's no happy medium. Yeah. So the fun for all end up just, I can't hack it at high school. I don't even want to try, boom, drop off. The ones are win at all cost. Um, yeah, they come out. But then they realize, well, the, 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 the coaches up here are, are looking at not only skill, not only physical, but we're also looking at the social and uh, psychological aspects of the game as well. You know, can you retain this information? Are you going to be a team player? So then we see guys, you know, kind of fall backwards or, you know, not necessarily fit into what they thought they were going to because it was let the fastest kid, let the strongest kid, and even inviting kids from other communities to come in. You know, so we can win. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it's interesting some of the points you made about before. Sometimes you can rely on players just filling your your cabinet of talent, um, mm -hmm. and clearly that's like you know I'm going through the same type of thing. Like we're trying to build up um, like interest in the program and and what have you. And I'm in the same boat of I'm going to have to leave the school grounds and go to parks that are closer to some of my players and create opportunities for open fields or for right. little things like that. So I think it's cool to hear um, the idea of like, you've just realized just saying that we have high school soccer is not enough of a carrot to dangle in front of these kids. Right. Yeah. We um, have, I was going to say, we have a, like, I mean, we do have a, a strong so soccer culture here and a strong need, um, so our school is like, we compete, we compete very well within our conferences and within the districts and stuff and uh, across pretty much all sports. And it's kind of an expectation, which is great to have, but not at the lower levels. Let's, let's build there, you know, and that's what we're trying to, to create. Yeah, that's awesome. So if you can get it to go beyond grade nine, if it starts trickling down at eighth and seventh and mm -hmm. so on, I think that's really cool. The other thing I heard you bring up was, when kids come to my program, yeah, we're looking at your skill, we're looking at your athleticism, but then you talked about like the social side and then the, the mental side. Can you elaborate on that yeah. a little bit? So, I mean, and like most, most coaches, I would, you know, assume is that everybody wants to have a team culture themselves. Um, and so we want everybody to be a team player. We want everybody to uh, be empathetic with each other. We want everybody to, you know, 
get out there and teach each other because, you know, if, if the kids are, are, are young players are teaching each other, even down inside the younger kids in the community, you know, they're also picking up and learning and learning how to be great leaders. Uh, so we really want that. So that's more your, you know, your social and psychological on the, uh, and, and your mental side. So it also teaches them, you know, like a discipline as well as, so I got to be on my game for the younger kids, you know, so uh, when I'm teaching them um, and trying to modeling certain behaviors. So that's that part. And we don't want kids to come into our program who I'm the best. And I mean, we actually had a kid who probably, I mean, he is, he's a great soccer player, um, phenomenal soccer player. He plays at one of our local uh, clubs, probably one of the best players in our area over the last couple of years. Um, he played for us. He played two years with us and his junior year decided he wasn't coming out. Now, I don't know what the expectations were. We just, we, you know, I'm not chasing a kid because you got to want to be a part of our team. Yeah. I think a lot of our players were kind of at first were like, why are we getting him? Why aren't you going after him? But then realized, oh, if he doesn't want to be here, we don't want him either. So we really honed that in as well. It's like, you got to want to be here. And this is who our team is. And we're going to, you know, give as coaches 100% to you guys. And you get 100% back to us. You know, so we, we do a lot of that. Um, and then, like, just on the uh, – we do a lot. So, like, obviously with COVID this year, we did a lot of Zoom calls and we did a lot of uh, uh, game breakdown and teaching our, our uh, players, even some of our sixth and seventh graders, we invited them in. And I actually did separate sessions with them on um, – on using uh, video, so game and breaking down analysis. So using that to help them, you know, change, increase their knowledge of the game. So we kind of went that route with it as well. I didn't really even think about that because we post like our games on Huddle and whatever, and we say, hey, go watch the game. But I don't know mm -hmm. if anyone, and I think that's an interesting point you made of how, how as a player should I be watching this? Am I just going to be watching for the cool pass or the nutmeg or do I zoom forward to the the goal that was scored or do I start looking at maybe what created the goal or what was the breakdown or where I could be position wise and stuff so it's kind of cool that you're kind of throwing out like here's some questions that should be going through your head so what was really cool is about two three weeks ago one of my players and he sat through you know a lot of the zooms you know and he actually did really pay attention and he we sent some of the guys' videos and put them in groups, and he did a really great job. Him and his uh, his uh, um, team members, uh, I think it was a group of five or six, of analyzing a game. So about three weeks ago, he gets in contact with me. He's like, hey, coach, um, what system do you think we're going to play next year? And I said, well, you know, we're thinking about, you know, different formations and stuff. I said, but, you know, I talked a lot about, hey, it's not about the formations. It's about the roles and responsibilities of what you're doing in those when you're on the field. And he's like, yeah, he goes, I get it. I was watching the, watching the games, and he goes, and last year we played, a, a, we started off with the 4-3-3, and then we ended up with playing like a, a 4-5-1. Um, so it changed a bit, but the, the two wingers ended up being, you know, they were wing strikers, you know, but they still had to drop them back into the midfield and help them out uh, to really, so the, you know, it changed through the thirds what our formation looked like because yep. uh, of roles, and he goes, he goes, I understand what you're saying. He says, we had no support in the back. He goes, we looked like, uh, when I'm watching the video, like a 4-3, 
three, the whole game, no matter what. And he says, even though every single practice we went through and we did a four or five one and we worked on the rules and responsibility, he goes, when you actually watch the game, the rules of certain players, they never, they never did what they were supposed to do. And he goes, I, I, I get that and I see that now. And he goes, so he actually started breaking down and saying the spaces that they should have gone into and, you know, what they should have been doing, how they should have been supporting each other, which is really cool to us because he's actually one of our captains and a leader for us. So when they were in their little groups of, you know, five to six and they broke it down, was there a, then some type of like a presentation that they did with it or? Yeah. So we asked them to come back and give us like, so what we did is we actually gave them maybe, we wanted them to break down maybe, I think they were, so they were a defensive group. So we wanted them to break down uh, how a team, what their patterns were of playing out of the back. And so where, where did they mostly play? What did the wingbacks look like when they played out of the back? Where did the center backs go? How did the, the six and the eight and the, the uh, 10 support? So we really focused on that. And those, they had to break down those movements and roles and responsibility of those players and give us kind of like a heat map of where they were moving. So they had to do their best at that. And honestly, they did a great job. Some of them actually broke down. They actually gave us video, paused it, talked about it, and then also gave us clips of the players. I love the, the idea of using questioning to kind of lead them, not say, hey, here's what I want. Because like, hey, watch the wing. What, you know, some about the positioning, but they had to kind of come up with their own like scenario and like you right. would think those are things that they have to be looking during the game. So mm-hmm. I'm sure as they play teams, they start seeing a wing back and they see his position like, Oh, his positioning means he's going to have to play right back to the keeper. Cause there's no way he can turn or, or little things like that. Right. So something interesting too, is it took it one step further. So then we made them. So in, within those groups, we did actually, what was the problem that you mainly saw? So like if it was playing out of the back and they struggled to play out of the back, now they had to come up with a, a session. And we went through session design and come up with a session. So when we were first able to go back to playing, you know, getting our whole team together, they had to run a session with their teammates. And it was really cool. Huh. And it, so was t- they- it, was, it went both ways because now they see how as coaches, maybe it's just like an assistant and a head coach, how we, sh- how we have to get – everything set up, how we have, how much time it takes to set up, how much time it gets everybody organized, uh, explain the, the session and keep it running and keep a flow. So they got to see that in there. And it was mainly our captains who ran each one. So we actually put um, leaders in each group. So we had a, a defensive leaders, we had a goalkeeper leader, we had a midfield leaders and we had striker leaders and all of them had to run their own sessions. That's Just really cool. Plus, I think what's, what kids struggle with at times is giving, I guess I'd call it constructive criticism during games of where they need to be. And that's a great way for them to kind of role model and for, to one, how you can give it in a way that's supportive and encouraging. Mm-hmm. Number two, for the person getting the feedback, like talk about body shape or, hey, you need to be here next time and be able to take it and not um, cause I know that sometimes that can be a weird dynamic when you're, you're giving information right. and so, receiving. Right. Yeah. And, and that's what we were trying to do. So like, um, just get them to, so they can commu- communicate with each other and accept like if, so, if like their teammate is telling them, um, kind of feedback or some kind of, even if they thought it was criticism, 
even though it really wasn't, they were just trying to get their session to run smoothly for the most part. But getting their session to run smoothly mean, meant that they had to like, yeah, change body positioning, change uh, spatial positioning um, of players and try to move them around a little bit, um, which is really cool. So, and then what we did there is uh, we gave them an opportunity to read, send us a session if there was any changes they wanted to make within that session too. And only, I think two of the groups actually changed their session. Um, which is really cool. So to make it like changing the spacing, changing the numbers, changing uh, like the, the shape of the actual drill. It was really cool. Yeah, that's awesome where they got to look at a kind of a topic, mm -hmm. kind of see what's going on. Then there was the idea of, do you see any issues within what's going on? And then the idea of, can you problem solve? And now can we take it to the field and actually execute and see if we can, we can yeah. fix that? Because that was one of the things that I started to realize a little bit more during the season last year was getting player input like at half times or during games or like little break, you know, when the ball goes out, it's a goal kick of getting like, Hey, what's, does it feel right? How we've got our three set up in the midfield or do we need to go and move? Like, like you talked about earlier, my defensive mid, is he pushing too far forward and then say, Hey, why are you, why are you pushing so far forward? Well, coach, I see. And, and that kind of thing, does that something you, you love having as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We try to do a lot of input from our, get a lot of input from our players. Um, we, myself, my assistant, we, we can talk forever, you know, but so we tried the last couple of years is hey, we got to stop how much we talk. We got to give this back to the players, you know, um, and that's the way, because we're both in the same exact field. We're both working the behavior health field. Um, so it is about the individual, the player. And so we bring that back and it's about the players themselves. Um, but we tend to want to give all the information. So what we thought was, you know, you, you fall into a trap of being the expert. And when you fall into the trap of being the expert, that takes away from the creativity and the learning of the actual um, players or, you know, the individuals themselves. So we did is we went back and said, okay, we're going to talk for, we're going to try to limit down to 30 seconds to a minute, just hit these main points. So before a game, we give objectives, what we wanted to see. And that usually is based off of what we have done in training. So, um, if it's maybe it's just a, a win more 50 50 balls in the middle third or once we uh create more um opportunities to get behind the defensive line in the final third and maybe then we give a defensive one you know might be can we limit space behind our back line you know like not let them play through the back line so then maybe we just go back and we address that at the beginning of the game as before we go out and then as we come into halftime Hey, we have these three objectives. This is what we're seeing. Uh, then we give the defense a, a chance or the goalkeeper a chance to talk about um, maybe what they're seeing with that, with that one objective. Maybe the midfielders, defenders, strikers all get to talk about the midfield objective. And then we give the strikers a chance or midfielders a chance to talk about the final objective. So it gives it, it gives it all back to them. There's a lot more roles, a lot more responsibility within them and, you know, then they can kind of, we give them the opportunity, we walk away, and then they can talk about any tactical changes that maybe we didn't discuss already, because it's their game, mm -hmm. you know, see it right in front of them. How, how has giving more ownership to the players been like for you as a coach? Um, I love it. Like, honestly, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's easier, because you feel like you're constantly, got to constantly remind them, but in a way it is like it does take some weight off your shoulders as well because 
it's more about uh, it's more about teaching now than it is about because when we all get into coaching, right, the first thing we want to do is usually no matter what level is, oh, you know, formations and uh, you know, tactics and this and that. Yeah. And then we probably move into more of okay, now it's now it's about our actual training sessions. You know, how how can we get this so we're so we're taking the training session more into the actual game, and then it becomes more about the the person, and then finally it becomes about being about the person is about teaching the person and giving them freedom and letting them meeting their motivation. So for me, it was great, you know, to be able to sit back and just out of evolution of, for me. That's so, that so cool. That's one of the things I've shared too, is when I first got the job, um, you know, a year ago now, um, my first thing I did was I started looking at tactics. I was like, here's how we're going to play. And then all this. And then when I finally started you know mingling with the boys and working with them and stuff i started realizing like and this is beyond tactics and stuff there's so much more that's important in like the chemistry and the idea of buying in and um so i think it's really cool that you're the, the ideas that you're talking about about the communication giving them more ownership and all those types of things i can see where that would be a huge plus moving forward uh, with you all <laughs> hey talking about moving forward so we just survived covid what does what do you do now going into this this off season? What does your high school program kind of look like for building toward next fall? So our high school sports actually just in our community uh, or our school just last week was just able to start up again. Um, okay. We were closed down like we were no, nobody was playing in our county. Um, so basketball, wrestling, all that nobody was doing anything. Um, the club system was are still going for the most part, so some of our players are in club, um, but we couldn't really do anything. So I couldn't have. I, mean, I could have had Zoom meetings and stuff. I usually like to give our players a, a pretty good break once our indoor starts. We try to get them playing at a locality um, over here that we play. I think we play seven v seven in there. Um, so we just now got our teams organized. We'll have a varsity team, which is basically all returning players will play in the varsity league. And then we have our JV, which is our incoming freshmen. And I really coach because we can coach the incoming freshmen. So I really uh, focus on them as my, for myself, just on the coaching points I want to make and stuff. And I put them in like challenging situations. And I tell them all the time, like in the 77, um, I might make, I might you make you guys play a four, two, you know, within that space. Um, in our, I might make you guys play a 3-3. Three, three. So I'm really going to put you in different situations. Um, and it's all about the spacing and our movements of uh, uh, players and stuff. So I sometimes even put them in kind of like a 4-3-1, a you know, just so, again, because I'm talking about rules, what I want to see them do so that the, in the 1-3-1, in the, um, three, one, the, the three mids have to drop back and help out with the defenders and have to get up and help out with the strikers, you know, about rules. So, I focus on that. Um, once we're able to get into the gym, if we're able to, we'll start doing um, futsal training. Uh, we'll do that, and we'll try to get into some futsal leagues if we if we possibly can. Um, I'll start getting all the boys are asking for Zoom meetings here. <laughs> get those going. Um, talking, you know, about game analysis tactics, and you know, uh, we do a lot on growth mindset as well. So we really focused last year during COVID on the first part of it on growth mindset um, with our players. So 
we'll, we'll do some of that stuff. Um, and I'm really, in the past, I really wasn't, like we've gotten into the weight room and stuff as uh, strength and conditioning, but we always really focused on more body weight, getting out, you know, into, um, on the field, doing like plyometrics and, but really trying to focus on everything with the ball, you know, and changing body positioning and stuff like that. But as I'm getting more and more kids who aren't playing club, like I'm really starting to think that, okay, now we've got to kind of go the high school, typical high school way of, you know, strength and conditioning and just get them going. Um, Cause our, our club programs both have strength and conditioning within them. Okay. So they focus on that stuff as well. So we really didn't have to, but the 75% of our main players. Um, and the other ones who didn't do club typically really didn't come out during uh, weight training and stuff like that either. They just did the indoor stuff. Okay. Um, thinking about maybe having to get back in, uh, talk to our school and see if we can get um, our strength and conditioning coach to come in and help them work with our boys. Right on. That's one of the, the things I'm kind of, kind of back and forth with of do I need to do more time on the field with them mm-hmm. where they're just getting lots of touches and decision-making and communication and continue to just rapid fire that um, and get more bang for my buck that way. Or do I need to work in some more of that strength um, side of it? So that's it. We're always that kind of weird balance of how much yeah, it is um, with that. Uh, the one thing you talked about was the growth mindset. So what is like, you hear that word or those two words, what is, what is that growth mindset? What's that mean within your program? So, you know, we, we talk about, you know, the fixed mindset and we kind of talk about which, you know, what, what's a, what's a fixed mindset player. And that's the, the, the and they, we, we give them the opportunity to answer and they say, what's the player who, um, who blames the, the referee for a bad call. It's the player who, you know, if he doesn't get the ball, he's yelling at you. It's the player who, who shows up late for practice it's the, or shows up just on time. And it's the player who's always yelling at um, the pl- each other, you know, the other players, uh, the, bull- the one who's, you know, making bully comments or, you know, inappropriate comments. It's the, the player who um, doesn't want to take on what, what the coach is saying or follow the rules and responsibilities. Um, so that's the fixed mindset does not want to learn, does not want to, uh, you know, gain anything from it. It's just there because they want, you know, don't want to say just there, but they go there, they want to play and they want to showcase their skill. That's, you know, the, the me, you know, idea. And then growth mindset, uh, always wanting to learn, you know, listens, eyes are right on the coach, helping um, each other, helping other players. And we had this one player and I, uh, he is the, the epitome of what we were looking for as a growth mindset. We um, early on noticed that when we had our junior high kids come up, uh, he would go out and, and treat, like he'd walk away from his group and go and work with the younger kids and teach them, you know, what we're t- like, he says, this is what coach is saying. He's talking about, you know, receiving across your body, opening up your body, you know, taking a few steps backwards to receive. So you're creating space for yourself. Um, he goes, uh, and then putting a little bit more pace so that the, your, your teammate can create space for himself. You know, changing your angles. It's like he jumped in and, and did this with these guys. You know, that's what we want. Someone who's willing to teach, willing to learn, uh, willing to put part of his development, not necessarily on the line, because he actually got a whole lot out of it, you know, as well. So being able to teach those things, he still was developing. Um, 
the first one to speak up as far as when there's a, in a like behavior that was undesirable, you know, so that to us is, you know, what we're looking for, that's growth mindset. And we ask that from the whole team. That's awesome. That is so cool. Uh, so you had mentioned earlier too, you're going to, you're venturing into the world of girls soccer, uh, with your girls. So have you had a chance yeah. to start with that or have you done any of this type of coaching with them yet? Um, I've worked, so I have worked with, you know, girls here and there, you know, just on like us, more of like camp trainings. Okay. Um, but the first time I'm really getting into, um, and we're, we do kind of co-ed with our, with our Eagle Academy, but it really, um, uh, so working with the girls is, you definitely change your approach, <laughs> you know, uh, and it's not, not the approach of, oh, well, they're girls. It's the, it's the approach of, um, like I'm, I'm starting to learn, you know, like my niece, like uh, she's in high school and I think you got to coach them a little bit differently. And it's not necessarily again, because they're girls, it's because of, um, we're all different people, you know, and boys and girls are different people. You know, you can, you can be hard and strong on them, but being hard and strong on them and being hard and strong on the boys are probably two different hard and strong. Yeah. You know? uh, so learning that I'm a very, like, I try to be very person centered. So I'm very rarely going to yell at anybody anyways, even, even if you really make me mad, I'm probably not yelling at you. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't swear. So it was a funny little couple of years ago. Uh, my, my nephew, he was, uh, he was a senior this year, but and he just still told me the other day, he goes, hey, you know, the, the weirdest moment we ever had was when uh, we were losing in a game and at halftime you came over and, and you, you swore at us. And I said, well, <laughs> and he goes, we were all like chuckling inside, but didn't want to laugh because you swore <laughs> mad. And I'm like, I said, I know. I said, actually, I said to the, my assistant coach on the way over, Andrew, hey, watch, I'm going to go over and I'm going to actually swear at them <laughs> you know just want to see what they're <laughs> get something from them so you know but going in i'm not going to go do that with the girls either way but i like you know working with the younger kids i really enjoy it it's 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 uh, a fresh of breath air sometimes <laughs> so yeah i'm sure they keep they keep you on your toes um yes yeah, yes and what have you said they're five and seven so you know my daughters are five and seven yes so is that more of like uh 4v4 kind of a smaller sided game type of setup? Yeah, we we Yeah, yeah, we do a lot of uh 4 versus 4 um in our rec league that we did this year with them. I think they were playing 6v6 in that those two age groups. Yeah. Um and we asked them to do more 4v4. So with our setup in the Eagle excuse me, in the Eagle Academy, we are actually doing um 4 versus 4. Um, and then sometimes it goes off of numbers, how many actually show up. So sometimes it is four versus five, uh, if we have to, um, but we split them into different groups and try to get three fields going, um, as we do that. Uh, so there might be some overloads in some, some groups, but we're, we're fine with that because, you know, it's still kids are getting a lot of touches on the ball. Uh, they're, they're happening to, you know, find space and that's been one of the biggest things we've been focusing on is uh utilizing uh two to three moves you know um that they can use to get out of traffic into space and can they find it and the evolution of them doing from the first couple weeks like eight weeks ago to where they were uh last week is or two weeks ago was huge 
you know, just the, the finding space, not dribbling into the crowd and uh, the, the five, six, seven, eight year olds, it's very um, uh, egocentric. So I want to get the ball and I want to go. And we, we don't, um, we don't discourage that. In fact, I'm sitting there saying, you get the ball and you have space in front, go, 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 go to go to goal. You know, I don't want them turning and passing the ball or anything. I want them getting the ball, go to goal. Even if it's they're at their own goal at the other end and you find space, dribble and go to goal. Um, but when you start to see them start sharing the ball a little bit, because then they start, now they're gaining a little bit and they recognize themselves, oh, if I do pass. So you see that sharing concept start coming out, which is nice. That's awesome. I love the idea of just, it, it sounds like too, almost the game itself becomes the teacher a little bit. Um, and yeah, then yeah. start realizing if I keep going straight, I'm going to keep running into that defender. So at some point, maybe I should start utilizing maybe an outside touch or some type of move to yeah. get away. Or like what happens, I'm sure, is that the kid that's really good, everyone wants to go guard that person. So then he at right. some point realizes, hey, there's four opponents on me, or defenders. There's my teammate over there. I'll just play it to them. Yeah. Yeah, we, we find that a lot. So there's been times where um, – on one end, the dominant players, if there's a dominant player on both, they just outweigh each other and they just go back and forth. Mm -hmm. They guard each other and then there's a lot of one versus ones with these other three kids maybe in the background <laughs> running around chasing. Um, but then you have the ones, because it's cool because like my daughter isn't one who's going to get the ball and dribble towards the goal. She's going to kind of look for a pass and look for space, but she's, she likes to be a defender. So this is my older daughter. So she will sit back and, and watch and wait for that person, the, maybe the more dominant player, to get the ball, and boom, she's right up on her. And we have, you know, two or three other players within that group who think that way as well, and boom, they're waiting for that person right up on them and trying to steal the ball off of them. So it's really cool. So you do start to see their characteristics and their personalities come out in here, you know, as they go. And they problem solve. That is so cool because I know – going back when my kids were younger, there was such a, the parents would freak out if their kid wasn't running to the ball, but there are always like, there's that little mesh of kids. And then there's this one, one or two kind of chilling on the outside. And you always thought, you always thought, well, they just didn't want to play, but no, kind of like you said, no, I'm just, I'm watching the game. And I know at some point mm -hmm. either the ball's going to pop out and then I'm going to have it with no one around me. Or if the player does make it out, I'm going to go defend them really quickly, which is a cool like thing for them to already recognize. Right. So we go back to my Eagle Academy page. I'm actually posting things on there about that for our, all the coaches or, or the parents and stuff is that just because a kid doesn't look like they're active in the game, you know, or they're only active part of the game, you know, they're sitting back and watching. First of all, maybe they don't want to get in the crowd and get hurt. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's they're waiting for that ball to pop out so they can get it and go to goal or to keep, you know, because they're starting to pick up and learn the concepts and are realizing there's no need to be inside that big beehive, you know, <laughs> right on. I actually, I actually pointed that out to, so my cousins, um, one of my other cousins, his uh, daughter plays in our rec league and um, we've been trying to get them to come over to the Eagle, you know, start doing some training with the Eagle Academy. He's like, Oh no, she's not ready. Come watch her play. And so I watched her play and I said, you got it wrong. I said, she is sitting back and she's you know, watching and thinking, because I'm, and I said, and I can tell you why, because she is watching, she's moving her head back and forth, and she's moving and shifting her body with the ball, maybe she's up in there, maybe she's waiting for the defense or the attacker to come towards her, I said, but when she, when they do, she's right up on their hip to hip and trying to steal that ball off them, 
I said, so it's not that she's not engaged. It's that she's thinking about how she's going to engage. <laughs> That's so awesome. I think those conversations and just like even putting that, if like you talked about transparency earlier, like just little things, little nuggets like that, that people don't think about because they get so focused on the mm -hmm. ball has to be in the back of the net. And there's so much more right. to it. And especially at that age, um, people get so caught up on the kid with the ball, but you don't. And that's another thing too, for coaching wise, I've gotten better at is you get so locked in on this, but you start realizing what's the other three players that are, are they moving to create space? Like you were talking about earlier, um, body position, like right. are those things occurring um, to help the person with the ball? um on there is it called eagles academy is that the is that the mascot for the high school or yeah so our mascot is an eagle and and just a shout out to our hubbard eagle he was actually the mascot of the of the nation of national mascot of the year like in 2019 so just okay. a shout out I mean, that's a huge thing for us you know here at hubbard um but yeah it's we're, we're, we're the eagles and um so we just took the eagle concept you know our mascot and made it the eagles soccer academy and so then does your soccer academy is it just work on like a you just there's a park you guys do this stuff at or yeah so we actually have a couple different parks within um, our community to have a, a field set up okay. one of them is the one our travel program uses so um we go there that's where we did a lot of our uh, uh, weekly sessions w was there. And now that we're, you know, with the weather and everything, we can't uh, be outside. So we do now have um, within about five minutes from our, our town, there's a, a soccer facility that's set up and it's a club team. It's the, um, in bathroom, the club team, actually it's the hat I'm wearing um, where my daughters train and so we go there and he basically worked it out with us that we bring our Eagle Academy there on Saturday mornings and we can run, we can do our uh, 4v4, 5v5 games. And that's from our five-year-olds up to our uh, eight-year-olds. That's awesome. That is yep. so cool. So is it kind of a year round? Do you try to do it fall throughout the winter and then in the spring as well? Yes. We used to do it spring, fall. Um, and then I would kind of have like little, I would try to get something going maybe with the winter and stuff, um, get other volunteers to help out. But now we're going to, we're trying to do it. Yeah. Uh, winter, spring, fall, you know, summer all the way through. That's awesome. I think, I think giving players or just kids the opportunity just to be active and play the game at a young age and all the way through is, is so cool. And just the fact that you'll, like, look, well, let's just go to the park. We'll set these goals up and we'll rock and roll. And like you said, whoever shows up number-wise, we've got it. We'll play 4v4 yeah. if it needs to be 3v3 or if we've got a neutral or whatever the heck we have to do. Um, and it all goes back to, you know, earlier when you talked about community. And it sounds like you're doing a lot of really cool things with the high school, but you're trying to just bleed this idea all the way through from, from youngers up. And I think that's so stinking cool. It's kind of like making a little pipeline. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's the, the, the plan. Um, you know, hopefully we can get it going. Um, like I try to steer away from the whole, you know, cause in the past, and this is where we've kind of had that cultural breakdown before. And, and that's one thing I always say is that one little moment, you know, one person, one, you know, little thing can break down a culture and then it's kind of like all over again, you know, culture is constantly, you have to, uh, you know, change and adapt all the time. So we're really trying to get down, uh, basically put our roots in again, 
and you know let this all grow up again and you know start like i try to stay away from the oh the whole dynasty talk i don't want to hear it <laughs> no we're not building a dynasty you know we're building a future and that's so that's our motto right now is we're building a future that is that is so awesome that is so awesome uh corey i've really enjoyed this chat lots <laughs> of really good nuggets um, I think people are going to find a lot of value from this. If they want to contact you or, or connect with you, what, what are some of the ways they can go about doing that? Um, so the main way that I use, and I basically use it for soccer, is the Twitter. Um, so it's at uh, CReinerd, uh, I believe, 08. And um, that's my main way to, to get in contact with me. Uh, and I'd love to uh, sit down and talk, you know, about soccer grassroots and you know, my experiences or anybody else's experiences. Um, I really like to, the whole growth mindset. And, you know, you mentioned earlier, like open ended questions and, you know, how, how to apply those with coaching and yeah. So using that behavioral side of it. So that, and I know on Twitter, that's pretty much what I post um, on there because I, I do believe, you know, player first, if we, if we can change the, you know, we're not there to change the player, but if we can get a player to change and think about their mindset and stuff, you know, their motivation, goes up and you know we create better better people right on i i agree with all of that stuff uh thank you Corey. hey this is kieran <laughs> coaches chats uh coaches corner chats podcast and i'm out peace <laughs>